It's Saturday Night in Comedy, and as we head towards the holiday season, we're catching up with two comics who are pure hustling and making moves. Our boy Keith Pedro, who's embarked on a new tour behind his hit album, All While Blowing Up Online, and Danish Anwar, the comic slash producer behind mega shows, Toronto Comedy All-Stars, and Your Hood's a Joke. As The Wire once famously said... The game is the game, and these two comics have it on lock. I'm Dean Young, and we're about to go Inside the Joke. Welcome to Inside Jokes on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to an all-new Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto, and as always, streaming coast-to-coast, Canada-wide, North America-wide, Planet Earth-wide, on the Global News Radio Network, brought to you, as always, by our lovely friends at Hakeem Optical. 2020 vision, even if you don't see the punchline come in. We got our producer, Vince Tedesco, on the line. This week, Vince, we got... uh, we're, we're kind of like our whole thing this week is it's all about hustling, hustling and grinding. Hustling, grinding, um, killing it, making killing waves. It, making waves, making moves, making big moves. We have on the panel tonight two returning friends of the show. Keith Pedro, who of course is a very regular guest on, on the panels with us. We we have him on always a few times a season. Uh, he's never has any shortage of plates that he's spinning, but actually recently he's been kind of all over the map. Uh, he was doing his own tour in support of his Trilapino album that he released this past year. Uh, and he's been just absolutely blowing up online. So we're going to catch up with Keith Pedro. And a little later on in the show, we have Danish Anwar, a Toronto comic of note, but also uh, one of those independent producers who somehow figured out the secret to just turning little cult Toronto shows into mega hits. I mean, he's the producer behind Toronto Comedy All-Stars, which has been selling out showcases at Comedy Bar for years at this point. Uh, And Your Hood's a Joke, which is a roast battle series that not only blew up in Toronto, but he's literally taking it all over the planet at this point. I mean, he's been doing this thing in multiple continents. So, I mean, Danish Anwar, a comic a noteworthy comic himself, but I really want to pick his brain on the producing side of things because he seems to have figured something out that a lot of uh, independents kind of struggle with. So yeah. he's tapped into two absolute beasts, he's... two absolute beasts this Saturday night, Vince, two <laughs> pure crowd killers, hustlers, grinders who really have kind of figured out, like I said uh, early in the intro, the game is the game and these guys kind of have it figured out. So we're going to pick both their brains on that. It's a Saturday night, baby! Right here in comedy, right here on Inside Jokes. If you walk through the garden, you better watch your back. Well, I beg your pardon, walk the street in Welcome back to Inside Jokes, boys and girls, right here on 640 Toronto on this Saturday night in comedy, and as always, streaming all over planet Earth on Global News Online, and brought to you as always 
by our lovely friends at Hakeem Optical, guaranteed to make everyone say, damn, Daniel. I That promo was specifically for the five people there who, who remember that. Who remember that viral thing. Speaking of going viral and blowing up online, we have returning friend of the show. We always check in with this comic. He's on with us a couple times a season. He's always a busy guy. But he's fresh off the road. He just came off of this tour. He's been all over the map in support of uh, his album that he released this past year, Trilipino. So it was the Trilipino tour, which even brought him to the West Coast. He was doing some gigs in Cali recently. Uh, But again, he's been absolutely blowing up online these past few months. Keith Pedro is on the show with us because it's all about hustlers and grinders. And who better to talk about that with than Keith Pedro, ladies and gentlemen. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, buddy. I um, I must say, thank you for having me back on the show. It took a while for you guys to ask. I was waiting. It's like, you know what? They're going to ask me. They're going to have to ask me soon. This is one of the show where I like hanging out. I'm right? kind of upset. I'm kind of upset, to tell you the truth. It, it took you guys December to ask me to jump on I think show. you are one of our most and... returning favorite guests at this point, really. Back you know in what? the I know... days... You're in the yeah, top five, ahead. Keith. You're in the top five. You're, yeah, you're like uh, no, you're like happy. you're like an Alec Baldwin to our SNL, basically. Oh man, no, I love it. I love it. I'm just joshing you guys. I'm just uh, nice. Joshing. I was watching all the uh, I was watching all the uh, other interviews, and and I was like, yeah, man, I missed that. How come they haven't asked? That's how much I missed you guys. Well, you, you have been you have you have been busy. You've been all over the map. You've been all over the road doing this this tour in support of this album uh yeah you just came back from a bunch of dates in california too on this tour but i mean you've been at this for a long time as i was talking about earlier in the show the the game is the game you've been you've been hustling on the comedy scene i mean you've been at this for a long time now you're no longer a young man you're old as <laughs> but you have been wow, at this dean cutting cutting <laughs> <throat> <laughs> i mean no i love it I am. Because you've seen so many changes in the Toronto comedy landscape, and you've seen the way you've seen so many changes in sort of the dynamics of the industry. Do you feel like right now? I mean, again, you you kind of you're blowing up online right now. You you coming off this hit album. You did this tour in support of this album. Do you feel like now at this point you're kind of calling your own shots more than you ever could before? Because it kind of really does feel like right now really is sort of the age of the independent. It feels like you don't need to sort of jump through all the old shoots and ladders that you used to have to industry-wise. Um, well, I feel like with Canada, there's always hoops and ladders you got to jump into. You know what I mean? Uh, there's always a game you got to play. But yeah, you do. You can now can... The thing now is when you become at this point, you know, an uh, an older comic. I'm not a young guy no more. So now that I have, you aren't, by I, the way, you aren't I'm an not, old comic. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not. You know what I mean? So uh, I have. It's like now you have more choices, so you can say no to more things. Yeah, if that makes sense. It's not like, oh no, I gotta take this gig in Thunder Bay. I got nothing else. It's two hundred bucks, but an eighteen-hour drive. And I'm going to sleep in my car tonight. There's no more of those options. You just yeah. got it. You're like, I mean, there's no more of those because you have options, right? There's no more of that stuff. Because you're just it like, is nah, true. I'm good. I got a good <laughs> that I can walk to. And then I'm going to get paid double and then walk home. And you still kinda, have time to do what I want. You know what I mean? You kind of can. You get to start being... 
yeah, you get to start being selective about like, cause about actually having a gig sheet full of the shows that you want to do and the places that you want to go. And I mean, even being able to have this time where you, you know, you carve out X amount of your year and go, okay, I pumped out this album. Now I'm going to hit the road and build a tour around it. So, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that you can't do in those first few years, because like you said, you really just have to like take everything that comes along and hustle, 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 grind, grind, grind. And I mean, Toronto is notorious for that, especially, right? I mean, you know, there's, this is a city with 8 million open mics at any given time. I don't think that's ever changed. Exactly. And like now when it's come down to those like smaller shows, smaller scale shows and people are like, hey, man, come do my show at so and so. And it'll be like during the week where I'm not gigging, I'll be like, OK, do you whip or they're like, pick a date. I run a show every Tuesday. Pick a date. You know what I mean? And I'm yeah. like, nah, which is the one like who has the cool people on the show? Like, I'm not hanging with these newbies. I don't know. Like, <laughs> That's who I am now. I'm like, I'm not having wait, what? Who's this list? I don't know these guys. And uh, to me now, it's more of a, because you come up with certain guys and then now you guys are all the same rate and we're not on the same show no more. Does yeah. that make sense? Like your boys are all, all your boys are headliners now. And it's like, you never see your friends anymore. And then sometimes there's like a, a, a show at the comedy bar or nothing fancy. And some guy's like, yeah, you want to do our show? And they're like, yeah, it's like, hey, well, where do you want to go? Wait, 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 who's, uh, show me one where, like, Chris Robinson and Hakeem and, like, the bonus and, like, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, it's like a graduating say, class, off. essentially, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you want to see your friends at this You want to have a reunion like, with where's... the graduating class. Yeah, I did a show recently uh, with Paula Thompson. I haven't seen this guy in a long time. He just shot, he just recorded this special, and I haven't seen this guy, like, in, three months and I was just dying laughing. I mean, now it's just more of a, cause you said we're older guys. It's different now at this point. We're, well, we're hanging. We're hang, yeah. It's funny too, because all of the, you know, all of the sort of cult heritage rooms in Toronto comedy that all of you guys sort of cut your teeth in and came up in like those, those places are gone now. It's all new independent clubs that have cracked open, especially the last couple of years. So, I mean, like, you know, the spirits and the, well, I guess the Rivoli's back on, but the spirits and the Texas comedy massacres and all that stuff and Monday nights at the Riv, like all those things are are a thing of the past now. And it's sort of a whole new wave of rooms and indie clubs. So it's a completely different landscape now in Toronto. Oh man. Yeah. There's no spirits. There's no weed rooms. There's none of that anymore. No weed rooms. I I, I could be one of those, I'm one of those guys. I was like, Hey, shut up, punk. You know, in my day, we, we, we would, uh, do an open mic and people were hitting a vape in a bag when some people were sleeping. Weed rooms, <laughs> weed rooms are great. You you knew you were killing if nobody was falling asleep, basically. Oh yeah, man. There was just a lot of like, clank. <laughs> yeah. There was like there was no like applause breaks or laugh out loud. There was just like a lot of like silent nodding, like, yeah, I understand the punchline. Yeah. Those were Yeah. Those are the difference between men and women. Clank, clank, clank to the grinder. Weed rooms, rest in peace, Toronto. All right, we're gonna come back with more Keith Pedro right after the break, right here on Inside Jokes. Oh, hey, hey, 
Keith Pedro, and you can catch me on New Year's Eve headlining Niagara Falls Yuck Yucks. And right now, you're listening to Inside Jokes. Ride the Harley into the sunset. Ride the Harley into the sunset. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby, right here on 640 Toronto. It is, of course, Saturday Night in Comedy, brought to you, as always, by our lovely friends at Hakeem Optical. Planet Earth is getting hotter, and so are your selfies. We have our good buddy, Heath Pedro, on the air with us. Cool. No, I can't hey. Good buddy and old man. Voice. Hermit voice for some reason. Uh, Keith Pedro back in Toronto, fresh off the road from his Trilopino tour in support of his hit album that came out last year. And actually, Keith, during the break, you were telling us you did a bunch of gigs, you did a bunch of dates out in California, and you were saying that, surprisingly enough, in California, it was people, audience members and people who were coming up to you and they were like impressed about the Juno nod for your album. More so than people in Alberta. <laughs> well, I mean, more people in Canada. Uh, I think it was people in Alberta, though, all they're concerned about is, like, you didn't bring a puppet with you. Like, they just want to see Jeff Dunham out there. That's pretty much that's what's um, going on like in Alberta. Al- Alberta's great, because you'll see different types of people doing different types of shit. Like, um, like you see a lot of Filipinos with trucks. Yeah. So it's hard to see like this five nuts, foot truck nuts, four so. guy. Yeah, this truck nuts. It's, it's hard to see this guy with five five foot four Asian guy climb into this F one fifty. It's hilarious, yeah. but also also very intimidating at the same time. I was like, I don't even. But yeah, but like <laughs> I was saying in a break, the the Juno. I was surprised how much people cared about the Juno in the United States. I was doing some stuff in LA and doing the industry events, and uh, my representation was. Uh, introducing me as as this juno nominated and people are like oh and they dropped facts about the juno and there was one guy who was like oh you know i heard you guys just brought that back as a canadian uh, award and i was like oh, i think it wasn't john candy a winner and they had all these like stats and everything i was like wow and then i was doing the show in sudbury and they're like oh uh, this is a juno nominated headliner Keith Pedro, all right, cool. Yeah, buddy, we don't care. Pay your tab, all right? You got two <laughs> Heinekens, that's 16 bucks. <laughs> I, honestly, I would got mad. If that, yo, if that guy from Sunbury's listening, this, I can't believe after sold out show, the owner's like, you got to pay. I was like, two beers, bro. He's not going to buy so you two Heinekens? This place was so, there was like almost five, 460 people in this place. And at the end of it all, and I, this is the thing, I'm not cheap. I'll pay the beers, but it's the principle it's of the, the principle, yeah. He can't buy it. <laughs> he just sold out his venue. At the end, I shook his hand. I go, thanks. That was a fun show. He's like, hey, where are you going? He's like, wait, where are you going? I'm like, what? <laughs> and I'm not, I wasn't trying to mooch or nothing, but like, I, I, I've been in this game for a long time. Not even you know a drink I mean? ticket? Like, they didn't even give you a drink ticket. Some people got a drink too. Some people got a tab. Sometimes, sometimes they hand you two drinks. The guy in in the bar would be like, "Hey, you're the performer. Don't worry about it." Yeah. And it's ne- or even the owner would just be like, "No, no, no." He'll tell the bartender no. But the owner was like, "Hey, hey, hey, whoa, 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 whoa." <laughs> <laughs> I was 
like, what? And, uh, but I get it. Whatever. You sell out the room and they can't give you a couple of Heinekens. It's Sudbury. It's it's Sudbury. They're hurting over there. But Keith, in California, did you go up and down the coast, like from Sacramento to San Jose? Like, how many pit stops did you have? San Jose. We did San Jose Improv, Sacramento uh, Punchline, Cobbs in San Francisco. Then we did uh, Brea Improv, Oxnard Improv. what else? Ooh, uh, Irvine Improv and strong uh, yeah, Filipino community in California, obviously. Yeah, we did it. We did the whole in in terms of like my the Juno run, um, my management team out out down south in LA. Uh, so shout out to them. They they were like, "Yo, let's make let's do this tour, bro. Let's let's get it done." And then um, they started. He got it got to go. He got it going in Cali and we did a one-off show at the Virgil and it was, it was a hit and it was crazy because this whole thing started with just, uh, and then I got invited to the LA Clippers game on Filipino heritage night to like throw some t-shirts in the stands and like Joe Coy was there, the Jabberwockies, uh, Guap dad from Dreamville. He was doing the halftime act. So like it was, Dream come true, man. We said like you know we had some nice <laughs> free tickets, watch Clippers game, and it was a good game, and um you know got food and everything, and it was like one of those things where you're like, wow, I'm Canadian did all this, <laughs> you know. Well, and that's the thing too. Go ahead. Well, it's it's kind of cool because it, like you were talking earlier about how you know people in California were coming up to you and going, oh, talking about the Juno nod and all that. It really does feel like in the last few years, like American audiences are paying a lot of attention to what's going on in Canadian comedy, which makes sense. I mean, they should because we've always that's what we do in this country is we export the best comedians in the world. But they never knew what happens up here. They just know who comes from here, but they don't pay attention to what happens up here. We're always like the shadowy place from the Lion King as far as, you know. American yeah. audiences are concerned. Does feel like Americans are paying more attention to what's happening up here now. I just, I just think they, they care more about because um, the Juno is more of a music thing, right? We got yes. the weekend, yeah. Justin Bieber, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it's more of like, oh, the Junos is the, the the Grammys. So they're like, oh, this guy. So they hear that, they just think, you know. And plus, um, like I was, I was doing roast battles, and I had the the Canadian Screen Award. So even my manager was like, oh, he this this guy is a like Canadian Emmy Award nominated. So he was throwing all these things. So it's crazy when, you know, you get accolades in, in Canada and it's more of like, oh, like this, this is the reaction as um, in Canada. Oh, I'm a Canadian comedian. Oh, it's sweet. So you're doing shows? Yeah, doing, all right, not awesome. And then you get a, a nominated on these awards. You show up on TV like, oh, you actually do this for real. Good yeah. job, buddy. And then in the States, it's like, you got nominated for these awards. You're on the TV show. It's like, all right, let's work. Let's make some money. You need sponsorship. I have a PR that's going to make you look good. How about we edit some videos? Let's t- tune up your merch. Let's get you a website. Like they actually <laughs> care. And I'm not trying to d- take a dump on Canada. No, no, like, please do. Please do. We, we, we know what, like, we know why everybody leaves. This is not like something that's, hidden you know everybody's all like oh you can make it in canada without being famous in the united states i'm like when name someone that you know that's famous in canada that's only famous that's not famous in america basically uh, the only people that works for you have to be named gord or, yeah. <laughs> this is a or full gord. 
<laughs> right? Yeah. I always said if Canada had our own Mount Rushmore, it would just be the four gourds. This is a four gourd country. It would be Gord Downey, Gordy Howe, Gordon Lightfoot, and Gordon Pinsent, and that's it. If you don't, if you aren't, if you aren't named Gord in Canada, you're. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Words right. of wisdom. But yeah. actually, it's kind of funny, Keith, because I mean, we could always talk to you all day, and I. It, even just off of what you're saying right now, like I could fill up a whole other <laughs> segments with just talking industry stuff with you for real. I mean, cause it is interesting because I know you've, you know, you do gig in the States and you do tour in the States, but you've also, you've had your eyes set on that prize for a while and actually making that move, even though you're so entrenched here at home and you're such a part of the Toronto stand-up scene, like this is, yeah. this has always been your comedy hometown, but so it's interesting. We could actually do another full episode just talking industry stuff with you. <laughs> but before we let you go, Keith, for our listeners at home, yeah. since, it has, since it has been a minute, as the kids say, uh, where can we find you online? Check you out on social. And of course, download the album, get some upcoming dates, all that good stuff, man. Well, thanks again, guys, for having me. This was fun. And all the listeners, I hope you had a great time. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> this was great. Uh, okay, no. Uh, at Keith Pedro is my Instagram, Keith Pedro, at Keith Pedro is my TikTok. Uh, you can check out everything online. Got a website, got merch, all that stuff's there at KeithPedro.com. Uh, all my new no, new tour dates are going to be dropping. Uh, and uh, if you're if you're in Ontario, I'll be headlining uh, New Year's Eve, Yuck Yucks, Niagara Falls. So check that out. So that's nice, Keith. Nice. Uh, but yeah, so, but I'm doing the whole weekend and, and yet New Year's Eve falls on the saturday so you know and this is how cool i am with everybody you know guys i'll let you right know i'm the headline of the weekend so friday is the same show but different price tickets so if you're like <laughs> single mother i've been a rough you know been a rough holidays still want to come out friday's the cheaper show but you're getting in the same show as new year's eve but okay so uh, <laughs> there you go uh, <laughs> but uh Check it out, man. KeithPedro.com. Thanks a lot, guys. There we go. Keith Pedro, thank you so much, buddy. Always a pleasure. And love to see you out there just straight killing it, man. That's what tonight's show is all about, is pure hustle. The game is the game, baby. That is Keith Pedro. We're going to be right back with more Inside Jokes and Danish Anwar coming up next. Hi, this is Brian O'Gorman, and you're listening to Inside Jokes on 640 Toronto. 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 There you go. Cash rules everything around me. Cream gets the money. Dollar, dollar bill, yo. I grew up on the crime side, the New York Times side. Staying alive was no job. Had second hands. Moms bounced on old men. So then we moved to Shallon Land. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, baby. Right here on 640 Toronto. It's a Saturday night in comedy. Brought to you, as always, by our good friends at Hakeem Optical. Because you can't troll Twitter comments that you can't read. Thank you again to our good friend, Keith Pedro. Don't forget to go and download his album, Trilopino. Check out his special. Check out some upcoming tour dates with him. He'll be down in uh, Yuck Yucks, Niagara this New Year's Eve weekend coming up. But now we're flipping gears to the producing side because tonight's panel is really all about hustling and grinding. And this Toronto comic slash mega producer kind of, I feel like, has figured out some secrets that a lot of independent comics 
and promoters kind of struggle with because producing shows is definitely its own animal. It's kind of a science all of its own. Danish Anwar has turned cult Toronto shows into these sort of really like mega brands. I mean, Toronto Comedy All-Stars has been selling out the stages at Toronto's famous comedy bar for years at this point. Your Hood's a Joke, the roast showcase that Danish started in Toronto many moons ago has literally gone all over the planet at this point. So, I mean, it's it's taking these independent shows in Toronto and turning them into like full-fledged comedy brands. Danish Anwar is on the panel with us right now. How are you doing, man? I'm great. I'm great. I haven't seen the sun in a, in six months, but that's my own personal business. But <laughs> uh, but yeah, glad, uh, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. I, I, I have always, I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of comics that obviously, especially in Toronto, I mean, will start their own shows and book their own. I mean, Comedy Bar was kind of mm. built around that. The whole deal with Comedy Bar is kind of like bringing your own new ideas. Right. Out the space and see if you can fill it with an audience. But I mean, again, not only are you obviously you're a working comic yourself, you're a working touring comic yourself. But on the producing side of things, I really always felt like you kind of figured some secret out that a lot of people struggle with because it's hard to build things into sort of a proper sellout show, mm -hmm. let alone a full-fledged actual comedy brand. I mean, Toronto Comedy All-Stars is something you've been doing in this city for coming close to a decade at this point. But I mean, look at, looking at your hood's a joke. I mean, you've taken that to multiple countries. It's insane. It's yeah. a full-fledged thing. Yeah. A lot of that. I mean, I I've been in sales since I was like 14, more than half my life. Oh God, I'm old. And I used to throw. <laughs> it's I an ongoing throw, theme on this week's That episode. seems to be the theme as well this week, guys. Yeah, oh, Aging, we're all old as shit. The passage of time is quite a common theme lately. Entropy is around us. Oh, no. Uh, but the sales are great. Boxing Day is coming up. But, yeah, I mean, I've always been in the game, like in the event game. I used to throw parties uh, when I lived on campus at York University. It was a very kind of Van Wilder kind of existence. And that's where I learned what it takes to get people out to things, you know, like how to make an event compelling enough for you to leave the comforts of your home and your friends and your regular uh, life and then yeah. come see something new. So that's kind of been a, a lifelong learning experience for me. And aside from that, I'm not going to lie, there's there's a little bit of, uh, there's a lack of education in, in the arts, right? Like, obviously, art itself, uh, you know, a lot has to do with your talent, your skills, whether you're a performer, whether you're an illustrator, you know, a dancer, singer, whatever, there's the craft of it. But show business, the second half is business. And we have almost zero education on that side, right? Uh, I hear a lot of assumptions from comedians, like, uh, you know, the, the ideas people come in with, oh, this is what you got to do to sell a show X, Y, Z. I'm like, no, it's actually one, two, three. You're not even in the same uh, space when it comes. So it's a lot of foresight, a lot of organization and, a, and you know, a lot of like upfront your own money that has to be put into the into producing a show. And those are three things most comedians don't have. I didn't have for the longest time. You know, I had multiple jobs for my whole in my entire 20s and a big chunk of my 30s which allowed me to kind of save up a little cash and then <clears throat> experiment like like you're talking about your hood's a joke which you know plays in japan it plays in like you know in new york la in england and it was also expanding in southeast asia right before the pandemic yeah but what people don't know is leading up to your hood's a joke i had 
probably like 500 failed concepts and types of shows and, you know, events that I learned from. Like I learned from every failure of that to get to a point where I'm like, all right, now for this thing, I'm not going to make the mistake I made with show number one, with show number two, three, four, all the way to 800. Um, you know, there's a lot of persistence that comes with, like, you have to be a little stubborn to crack the code. It's not easy. Live entertainment, uh, the margins are a lot like the restaurant business. They're basically negative, right? So yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's razor it's, thin. It's razor thin. Yeah. Razor thin. There's a lot of resistance and there's a lot of reason for you to just kind of quit and be like, you know what? I'll, I'll leave that to somebody else. I'll just try. And, and, and like, personally, when I first started, and I, you know, I saw how hard it is to get butts into seats and, and try to go full on on the comedy side. Be like, you know what? Maybe I'll do other people's shows. And I'll, it's not enough money that way, to be honest. It yeah. just isn't. Uh, you got to be able to have your own brand. You got to be able to know how to market it, put in seats, and then obviously pay people well as well. You know, it's not sustainable if you have a fun show that nobody wants to do because nobody else is benefiting from it. Like this. There's a lot of moving pieces to to it that took me a few years to figure out. There, there was always kind of that long running joke in Canadian comedy that Canadian comics die from exposure. Exactly. <laughs> you know, there's all these shows that are like, well, you're going to get exposure and a uh, uh-huh. drink ticket. You know, <laughs> well, I can't pay my rent off either of those things. But mm. it's also interesting because, you know, building building these shows in a city like Toronto that is... Mm so oversaturated with open mics and amateur shows and all that. One thing that I'm sure you've heard a million times and we all have in comedy is you'll come across those audience members that'll say, well, I wandered into this bar one time where there was an open mic and it was horrible. And that's yeah. their perception of live standup. Right. Yeah. So, and there's a lot of those people floating around in, in hubs like Toronto. So it's, it's being able to produce shows that give people an actual experience of like, no, this is what, this is mm-hmm. who in Canadian comedy right now. This is what an actual well-produced show looks like. These are stand-ups you should be paying attention to. So it's sort of like separating yourself from the pack and giving people something noteworthy and sort of rising above the noise of like this city that is so saturated with amateur hour stuff a, a lot of yeah. the time. Yeah, and you're 100% right. The number of times, uh, like, civilians, non-comedians have told me about, oh, yeah, I went to this show once, and it was an ambush show on a Wednesday at a bar, and that's their standard. Like, yeah, I didn't like it. I'm like, yeah, but that's like saying you don't like live music because you went to a bucket drumming thing on the at Sherborne Station at midnight. That's right. Yeah, (laughs) I'm never going to go to a concert (laughs) again. Um, And yeah, part of my, you know, part of my uh, work uh, priority is that once you've done the hard part of getting somebody to a show. Yeah. Then that's easy. At that point, you have to put on a good show. And that second half, you know, some people maybe not put in enough work. You know, we as comedians, because this is such a network heavy industry, we often compromise our shows to either do favors or return favors i'll just put it like that right like we'll put on comedians who shouldn't be on because they put us on whenever or we have all these other um uh, factors that that come into our thinking when, when it should just be make sure that the person who paid for the ticket has a good time that's the priority right not what the industry will say not what some other producer will say because you didn't do X, Y, Z, you know, like inside baseball stuff that really has no bearing on your career. It takes a while, I think, for a lot of comics to get over that, which I think, uh, which I always kind of 
preach to my own detriment, like the lens to which I go like, listen, guys, stop thinking about scene nonsense, stop worrying about interpersonal issues and focus on the audience having a good time at your show. And that is a long game for me, you know, yeah. at this point, like I've been doing comedy, it'll be in, uh, in a couple of months, it'll be 12 years for me. And I've been producing shows 11 of those years. Right. And I, if I were to look back at how much money net I've made, I'm probably still in the negative from the first few years of putting in cash and learning and failing and learning and failing and not selling tickets at all. Um, and you get beyond that, there's light at the end of the tunnel, assuming you know what you're doing, right? Like I'm also blessed that, or lucky that I've had to work my whole life. So I've picked up like business skills along the way, you know, uh, where do you spend your money? Where should the advertising dollars go? Should I buy posters? Should I print them? Should I only do online, et cetera, et cetera? You know, it's a trial and error. It's a lot of little things that unless you do it, you can't really, can't really get a sense of how to execute it. Um, so I have had like my advantage, I should say, has been what I've done in my non-comedian side of things leading into comedy. My day job, my experience selling events as a kid, you know, in college and things of that nature. Um, yeah. And so I recommend comedians pull from your life experience and lean into what you're good at, as opposed to trying to emulate what somebody else is doing. Well, and it's like you said, I mean, you know, those audiences that, you know, said they walked into an ambush show or a surprise <laughs> open mic. Yeah. No one wants to walk into a stand-up open mic that they didn't know was happening. That is the showbiz equivalent of catching your parents having sex. That's basically what that is. <laughs> exactly. Nobody wants to walk in on that and be surprised by that. Uh, but speaking of, you know, building this infrastructure and making mm. sure comics get paid properly for their art and for what they do, you actually have a grant that you're starting as well. So we yes. want to pick your brains about this. We're going to come back with more Danish Anwar right after the break, right here on Inside Jokes. Hey, everybody, it's Danish Anwar at Terror Suspect here on Inside Jokes. Check us out everywhere, radio, TV, YouTube, the Internet, Mars, Elon Musk, Neuralink, what have you. Let's do this. Welcome back to Inside Jokes, ladies and gentlemen, right here on 640 Toronto. Brought to you, as always, by our lovely friends at Hakeem Optical. Does anyone actually know what hindsight is 2020 means? <laughs> I don't think so. Hakeem Optical. We're talking to our good friend Danish Anwar, Toronto comedian slash planet-wide mega producer. Uh, which, by the way, we were, we were talking industry with you before the break and about, you know, in a city that is so saturated with sort of independent shows some good, some bad, but actually launching shows in this city that sort of stand apart from the pack and become mm -hmm. full-blown comedy brands. Because one thing we've been harping on this show a lot about in, in the past season or two is the fact that this is sort of, quote-unquote, the age of the independent right now in Canadian comedy. Yeah. Um, especially coming out of the last couple of years, you're seeing an industry now that, like, you know, Keith Pedro earlier on in the show was talking about the Juno nods the last couple of years. Now that comedy is a big category there again, they finally brought that back. You look at all the albums that swept the Junos the last couple of years, 
it's all from independent labels. You look yeah. at a lot of the tours that have been happening. It's all started by comics themselves because we've come out of a period in the last couple of years where, you know, obviously clubs were temporarily closed and festivals were on pause and everything was on hiatus. You had an entire industry of comics that went, well, I got to keep working. So they just mm -hmm. sort of started their own things. So that's what we're seeing in Canadian comedy right now. You've kind of had your finger on that pulse for a long time. I mean, like you were saying before the break, you've been producing these shows for a decade now, a decade yeah. plus. Uh, and one thing that I always admired about that side of what you do is, and I'm sure this is just because you're a working comic yourself, is you always made sure that shows were equitable for comics and that people mm -hmm. were paid fairly for their time and for their art, for their skill, right? I mean, you imagine that. Imagine that. What a novel thing in this country, mm -hmm. uh, which which brings me to this next thing, because I mean, not only are you know, your hands are always full with producing multiple, multiple shows. You're actually you've actually launched a comedy grant for performers in this country. What's that all about? Yeah. Um, at the beginning of this year, year of a Lord 2022, when shows were starting to come back around February, March, I just had this idea because at that point, you know, post pandemic, uh, I've been able to produce even more shows, actually, you know, one of the side effects is a lot of producers and comedians quit worldwide in every scene, there are fewer people left in the industry. And, you know, if, if you went through a biblical plague, and you still want to do this, then you're a true believer, right? So I find that more of the hardcore artists have, have remained. And with, with my, like, any given month, I produce about about four, uh, actually five or six shows in Toronto. And then plus I have some shows running around the world which have their own schedule based on the yeah. producers. And I thought, what if I put away one ticket's worth of money per show and see what happens? Like five shows a month in Toronto alone, that's about 20 bucks a show, that's a hundred dollars a month. At the end of the year, it came out to about a thousand, right? Actually a little bit over a thousand. And I realized, hey, this experiment actually might do something. A thousand dollars, you can record a comedy album. You yeah. could. You could uh, take the next step if you're also a producer. You could take the next step and maybe rent a bigger sh bigger theater. You know, you're a newer person. When I first started, I was doing smaller shows, just putting them together in like bars. And you know, comedy bar took a chance on me, like they do with a lot of newer people. But if you want to take the next step, as it is in our society, you need a little bit more money. That's just how it is. And I, I figured, okay, why don't I just do this one thing? See if the government is, you know, honest about the fact that this is so hard. Turns out it's not so difficult. You put away twenty bucks a show from five shows a month. You got a thousand dollars in the year. That's a grant, and it's kind of my attempt to set up, or at least start to set up some kind of industry here, some kind of model that we can work with, as opposed to using uh, the, the industry models from the U.S., U.K., or even moving there. We can just have them come here instead. And one thing that I didn't expect, I was hoping for, but didn't expect to actually happen is producers from other scenes want to do this too. I've got a lot of messages from people yeah. east in the prairies out west, be like, "Hey, this is a great idea. How did you do it?" I'm like, "Here, here's how I do it." Often you just need someone else to do something to realize that it's achievable. And I laid it out. Look, if you've got three, four shows a month, put, put, put aside 20 bucks. Maybe yeah. some months you put aside more, some months you put aside less. End of the year, you got about $1,000, give back to your community. And the last part of that is I'm not a zero sum guy. I don't think that one person's success means another person's failure. I think that in Canada in particular, we haven't even come close to reaching market penetration for comedy. You know, we seem to think that if you if if I have a good show, that means the comedy audience is coming to me and not my, and not your show. That's not true. If I put on a good show, if you put on a good show, you just created a fan who's going to go to more comedy shows. We maybe less than ten percent of Canadians go to stand up. We got to increase that number. And if I'm if we are collectively able to help each other improve, you know, the quality of our art, I think we're going to have more people think of a night out as not just let's go to the movies, let's go to the bar, let's go out to dinner. Hey, maybe we also go to comedy because I've had a good time at it. Exactly. Um, so yeah. that's kind of like my holistic, in a nutshell, approach to this. Um, 
and hopefully it works out. You never know. Well, and I think, you know, I, I think our most self-destructive thing in Canadian comedy is that sort of modesty that we have. It's almost like, <laughs> even, even though we crank out the best comedians in the world, it's always that idea of like, well, America's right there. So why even bother trying? Why even bother trying to do this? They have no healthcare. Stay here. <laughs> Stay. <laughs> That's right. All right, Danish, before we let you go. So I know, as always, you have shows coming up at Comedy mm-hmm. Bar. I know there's one that you are guest hosting coming up that has a show with a cause behind it as well. Uh, you're also doing a roast of the World Cup. So yes. where can we catch these shows? And of course, find you online, find all your brands online, all that good stuff. Absolutely. I mean, uh, people can find me online at Terror Suspect across the board, all my socials, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Pornhub, OnlyFans, you know how it is, Terror <laughs> Suspect. Uh, and yeah, I have a ton of shows coming up. So on uh, December 16th, Friday, I'm doing Culture Shock, which is a diversity focused show run by Demi Ellis. It's immigrant comedians. It's Friday, December, uh, sorry, it's Friday, December 15th. No, Friday, December 16th, my mistake. Comedy bar Danforth's called Culture Shock. And then Thursday, December 15th, we're doing a World Cup roast. We're going to have comedians repping various teams, roasting each other in a tournament style thing. It's right before, a day before the finals, I believe. So it'll be right on time. If if you've got that free day, you've got World Cup fever and no games to watch. Thursday, December 15th, come to the World Cup roast at Comedy Bar Bloor at 8 p.m. And as usual, you know, I have shows booked till next July. So come check me out, Terror Suspect, once again, and we'll have some fun. There we go. I love it. Always a man on many missions. Danish Anwar, Toronto comic slash Uber producer. And of course, thank you earlier in the show to our good friend, Keith Pedro. Check out his album, Trelopino, and his upcoming tour dates in support of that. That is our panel, but don't forget, you can listen to every episode Saturday nights at nine right here on 640 Toronto and all of them right back to the dawn of time on Global News Online. That's our show. We'll be back next week. Hi, this is Alicia Carusi, and you're listening to my aunt, Sandra Carusi's Comedy Rx. This week's prescribed dose of comedy is brought to you by Keith Pedro. Enjoy. I'll be honest, when I see a homeless white dude, I'm just like, <laughs> I don't care. Like, is that wrong? Like, no. You know what I mean? Like, on the way here, I saw a guy with blonde hair and blue eyes ask me for change. I said, dude, just take a shower and drop off a resume. Okay. <laughs> Boyfriend. <laughs> Just go home, hug it out. Just go fishing, Brett.